Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Endless Cells podcast, another edition of Statstrap, joined by Tony and Stuart. How are you both? Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. A beautiful Sunday. A beautiful Sunday. A beautiful Sunday. 100% funny. And a footballing sense this weekend couldn't have went any better. I mean, we're, we're sitting looking down, seven points clear. Van Bronckhorst going to get a new five-year contract with them across the city, so we're all happy and buzzing about that. But as everyone knows, this episode is a bit different from our normal podcast, which we do on Monday and Friday. Just kind of looking at uh, numbers and data and analytics and all that type of stuff. And again, it's a learning process for myself. So again, the people in the comments get involved and throw out any questions they have to us. We'll try our best to answer. But Tony, start with yourself. The banner of the show, kind of we're looking about two games, four games back now. The Celtic and Shakhtar game, the, probably if we had any chance to get a hang from the European campaign, it would have been that if we took the victory. All the talk around it was Postacoglu saying, we're competing at this level, we're, we're showing we're capable. But all in all, we, we kind of failed, Tony. I, 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 for me, I called it a failure. We, we don't have any European football after Christmas. People think that's a bit harsh in terms of what I'm saying. But in terms of numbers and data, what does that say? I know, as you said before, data can be misleading, but a wee bit of a shine of light, Tony, in this European campaign. Yeah, so if you look at the, the Shakhtar games, uh, 1.4 XG versus 0.7 XG in the last one, so um, 0.7 difference. Um, you're not giving yourself much margin for error there. So you'd be looking for a, a, a difference to, to, to give yourself that victory. Um, but the, the away game against um, uh, the away game against Shakhtar was um, a bit a bit different. It was one point five versus zero point four, so a one goal difference there. Um, so th- that's obviously going to be the games that you measure yourself against against that third team because Leipzig and, and Madrid were just just a, a bit class above. Um, and and Shakhtar Shakhtar result against um, Leipzig. When um, they, they they played against the run of play and got four goals from five shots, sort of upset the, the, the apple cart a bit because it put them with points um, right right away. So, so if you want to measure Celtic in the progress, you look at the two games really against Shakhtar, um, and there, there wasn't much um, margin for for error for Celtic, but the Celtic did perform better if you're looking at expected goals. Um, we did take the lead against Shakhtar. Um, in the last game, and you think, right, you've got the lead. That was at the hardest part, getting that goal and getting in the lead. Yeah, hold on to it. Um, my, my view, from not necessarily a stats view, but more just a opinion <coughs> on the game, is that if you if you go into a game, especially if you if you take the Real Madrid game, if you go into games with an attacking midfielder as your defensive midfielder, I don't think it's a surprise that you concede goals. You've, but, you've got a defensive midfielder there is to help protect the back four. And I know um, Mudrick's goal um, is, um, is, is, is a great goal from him and he's got the speed and he's got the shot, etc. And would a defensive midfielder for that individual goal make any difference? Maybe not. But I just think in your, the whole way you go about the game, I think you need a defensive midfielder in front of that back four. I think me personally, Tony... Now, again, number side of things could prove me wrong here, but on the eye, I said it in our, our previous podcast, I think Matt O'Reilly's probably doing a better job there than McGregor was up until he got injured because I think it's fair to say McGregor hasn't been 
his best this season. And he was probably due a rest. He probably has a bit of burnout and an injury came at the wrong time as well, obviously. But we, we talked about it as well, Manorelli in the six. For me, he's been impressive. Has he not been impressive for yourself? Like, Yeah, yeah. if you look at him individually and he's tackling and he's passing, but I think it's about the shape of the team, the organising of the team. Part of that defensive midfield is to, to help organise the team. You see McGregor doing that. So um, McGregor... I, I did question McGregor at, at this level, the Champions League level, defensively, controlling the game, passing and going forward and carrying the team forward, organising the team, definitely happy with him. Just defensively, I, I wasn't sure. But McGregor's improving all the time as well. Um, but it, it just, you look at the team performance rather than the individual. Individually, it's okay, but if you look at the team performance and, I mean, defensively, we were, we're short on goals. We did last season in all the European games and we're continuing to do so. So you, you think in that situation, are we missing? For me, Abogard, <laughs> that's the big, that's a big uh, red flag, isn't it? But um, for me, he had all, all the attributes and any time of any, uh, any clips I've seen of him um, beforehand or any, any minutes he's had, he seems to be living up to his profile and defensively, I think that's what you need. You look at Leipzig, they had two sort of holding midfielders against us. Um, yep. uh, and I just think at that level, um, that's going to going to um, scupper you. If you look at um, pressures, um, so that was something I was looking at across the games, um, and the pressures we had. Then uh, <coughs> I think our biggest issue was um, unsuccessful pressures. So we were we were making presses high up in that final third, and. Um, Teams were just playing through us, and that was just tiring the team out. And we've seen in a lot of games in the early doors, we, we, we were um, we were falling off after fifty-five minutes. So if you looked at the XG trend across the game after fifty-five minutes, we were falling off. But that did improve against Leipzig um, uh, at home, um, and then Shakhtar as well. So Shakhtar, we, we continued. Um, so and there was little tweaks against Leipzig. There was not as many. Um, Final third presses, and there was more in defensive third, so there was tweaks along the way. Um, so I think it's a, it's a big learning curve for us. People say, yeah, Shakhtar team, a lot of the, a lot of the, their players because it was a, a newly assembled team. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the, their players were new to um, Champions League level as well, but they're a team that's played there, and and that experience can only help you. And you've just got to play the games to learn and. Gain a bit of confidence, especially like the forwards as well for the shooting. I think it's saying that they're a team that's been in that stage. Yeah, they've been a, a, a constant in the, in the Champions League group stage. But let's be real, Tony. Their team changed an awful lot in the last year and a half due to what's going on, obviously, in, in their area and stuff like that. So they've lost all their Brazilian players, all their, their kind of talisman. And just to come straight back at you, Stuart, I know, I know you're very <laughs> I just want to talk about this pressure stuff, Tony. We, I've seen you two speak about it after the Real Madrid game, and obviously I'm still kind of kind of grasp what that means. There's been a lot of things, instances in the Champions League where we're pressing and looking a wee bit like headless chickens because we're not regaining the ball. And then two passes the other are up the pitch and it could be a goal-scoring opportunity or leads to a goal anyway. Is that an issue? And if it is, then, Tony, what could be tweaked to stop that? Yeah, it, it could be an issue short-term. But it could part of this, that's the thing, mate. We, we you're doing your Angie system, Angie, Angie sticking to his guns. 
um, people say, should they do it or should be more pragmatic? It depends because short term it might not work, but but long term it might be it, it might play through. But as long as you're progressing and you're not continuing to do the same things, as long as you're learning and you're getting to an end point, where you can't just do that all the time because if you do that all the time, you're, you're going to get beat. So the, in the last game, we had um, 45 successful pressures um, uh, and that was the most, well, I'm saying the last game, I'm saying the Shakhtar game, that was the most successful pressures we had. So that was a bit of improvement. Um, but it's still, it was 28% um, success rate. So our, our pressing, pressing stats against all the other teams in Champions League are pretty pretty good, but pretty comparable in that sort of top seven, eight. But um, this how successful we are, um, and that's a bit of as as a team getting used to when to press and being more successful, and also a little bit of where we're pressing because you've seen a lot more of the teams let our centre halves have the ball, and I think from our point of view, one I think being selective of when we we do the press and maybe maybe a slightly less, but but um, trying to be more clinical. Another bit is is weird as well. Not maybe not so much the final third, but more in that, like the forwards just dropping that little bit back. So a little bit of tweaks, which I think um, Ange will do. Um, so that is one thing, and obviously something we talked about before was our finishing. So we're getting the chances, mm-hmm. but we, we weren't finishing them. Because like if you, yeah. if you look at that Shakhtar game, um, uh, Marcus played um, <laughs> Jakimakis played Kyogo through, and that's a chance that. Kyoko could have easily scored. He scores just two nothing up, and you say that that that's that's us one and playing Jakimakis and Kyogo worked. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. small margins, the small margins. I'm glad Jack's brought Kyogo up. Um, coming to Easter for this one on the team sheet with Jakimakis in the Champions League game at home. Obviously, the most pressurised game of the actual campaign itself. The kind of have any hope of staying European football, and we're, we're talking about pressures and, and different things like that. I think Tony's right, but we do press and, and that looks good, 100%. But when you don't regain the ball and you're getting opened up after one or two passes, for me, that's concerning. I look at the likes of Madrid. Obviously, they're years, light years ahead of us, of us, but it looks like sometimes they're walking into space and they're just moving across ever so gently and then they're banging their way. Finicius or Rodrigo gets it and then it's a goal. But in, in our instance, I'll come back to it. Sometimes Tony made a great point as well. The chances, the clinical set of things were not quite there yet. So, in, in your opinion, from what you can see, even from the likes of the, the pressers and stuff, is there something that could be done? Because I look at the Schachter blueprint, and I know people don't like me saying it, but they've basically got two banks of four, small gaps in between, and then they get the ball. I mean, we all know they're a counter-attacking team, but they do very well. So, is it a case of Anz has to tweak something, or us as a football club have to get a better level of player? Probably, yeah, probably a better, a better level of player or we get more experience because, you know, this is the first time a lot of these players will play Champions League level football. Can't really expect them just to go in and, you know, and I just said <clears throat> umpteen times, you know, I'm, I'm not going to change. There's no point in changing the way we play for a specific game to, to maybe get a, a result. We stick to the system, stick to the process that, when you then reach that tipping point where things, when things start clicking in terms of the XG converts the way or goes closer to what it should be, you get the pressing a bit better, off the ball stuff works better. When that all tip, when that all tips over in the right place, you've got the the football that everyone wants to see. There's no point in 
that, that that's his argument. So that that's yeah. the way he would see it. But in terms of just overall the Champions League, I think like Tony's touched on numbers and that numbers are were fine. I think just on the wrong side are a luck on all plenty of occasions throughout the whole, and especially that that Shakhtar result in that first game. Just kind of we were on the kind of back foot the whole time, and we never really got you know if we'd won that game in Shakhtar. Um, the away game that maybe would opened it up a wee bit, but it's it's frustrating because you, you don't want to sit there and watch getting Celtic getting beat or you know making you know there's all there's always things that are could be could be better. I, talking about the midfield as well, that's really interesting in terms of O'Reilly he's, that that can encapsulate it, that he had an option there in Abelgard that was slightly more defensive because McGregor was out. But yet he continued to, to stick with O'Reilly because he wants that more progressive player in the build-up. He wants more attacking players on the pitch. So that just kind of shows that he's always going to do that. He's always going to stick to those principles. But yeah, I, I, it's going to be interesting what that midfield looks like next next year when we go yeah. to the Champions League again, hopefully. Because you'd imagine whether O'Reilly and Hattati are still here might be questionable. Does Abelgard stay and he becomes and McGregor? Where does McGregor go if somebody comes in to play that six? I think it's always going to be a one and a two. So, yeah, we clearly identified that as well because after the Brazilian guy Souza for so long over the summer, so that was clearly identified, and we still brought in somebody right at the last minute of that profile. Whether he just wasn't up to speed, potentially, but it's just telling that even with that injury and all right, this guy up. All right, Abelgard maybe isn't quite at the wasn't quite match ready or whatever, but he's still stuck to stuck to his guns. So it's frustrating. It was frustrating the Champions League campaign, but in terms of like, Tony's touching a lot of numbers and stuff, there's, there's off the ball stuff, the XG and that that we could have, there's areas to improve on. But I guess I don't want to come back to whatever the person said. It's a learning curve. We don't want to say that, but it is. It is. It is. Unfortunately, but... everyone's favourite words in this podcast here. And I think as well, um, Stephen Stephen Ray comes in here with a, a good point. If Alan wants to continue with his philosophy, he needs to get ruthless with players and look to upgrade at least two possessions every window. We struggled to score and couldn't keep it a clean sheet. And come to you with that one, Tony. Obviously, defensively. It always has been an issue for Celtic and Europe. We know that for past the years and stuff like that. But I look at Hatate, I look at O'Reilly. I think Stuart's right to point out if they're here next year, that's questionable because Alan Postacolu's come out on numerous occasions now saying that he's, he's going to be in that kind of ruthless market type thing, money bomb. We talked about it extensively, me and Willie on Friday. Quite, for me personally, quite excited about that if he does the planning right. But you look at Jada coming on and Real Madrid scoring a fantastic free kick. There is players who I think can make that step up if they keep going with what they're doing. Where do you think in the squad needs tweaked for the Champions League? If um, if you had the, the choices, me personally, again, maybe a lethal striker away from finishing a few teams off. It's a hard one. You, there's that many different positions that you want to see. I think one thing we need to look at is when Ange came in, you think about domestically. He had he had a, a team to build, and at the same time he had a team to build. He had um, a, a squad to build as well. So, answer to get a new team, but also have the backup as well because it was like just no players. So he he done that, and when you go into Europe, I think we've got to get a, a team that's good enough to compete at that level before we even start thinking about a squad. And if you mm. think about the team, how many games did Jota miss? So Jota's a yeah. top creator. 
Jotters are top eight. So for for me, you just can't expect Celtic to go into that Champions League without your top creator and be at that level just now. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like I, I I think for Celtic to go in, in, in the Champions League and be at that level, it's going to be hard anyway with Jota fit. Um, and that that's a challenge. It could be this year or, or, or next year or whatever. But when Jota's out injured, yeah, we can't just sort of say right, okay, Jota's injured. We need a, a better squad, and we need to we, we need to still produce. I think sometimes you just have to realise if Jota's out, then the, the the chance creation is just not going to be the same. As simple yeah. as that. See as well, just to come back at you, Tony. I remember it was us speaking, and you were saying about um. We were in like the top four of shots or XG, something like that. Did, did we still finish in that kind of bracket, or did we fall down towards the end? Um, so I don't know if I like the overall teams. The, the one where we did, and this is is interesting start because this is so we were the top team um, for um, XG XG conceded from set set pieces. So. Um, we conceded the lowest um, XG from set pieces and the lowest percentage of total um, from from set pieces, which that's that's about sort of organised defence, um, and it's there must be something in there that, that, that we've done done right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like out of thirty two teams, we've got the lowest XG conceded from set please set set plays. So there must be something good to take from there. Um, yeah, it's just, uh, I know it wasn't the hardest group. Leipzig weren't, as much as they are a quality team, they weren't the best pot two team. And Shakhtar, totally agree. Uh, Shakhtar were one of the easiest pot three teams. So uh, the group wasn't the most difficult, but it's still, it's still a, a hard thing to do when you're, you're, you're missing like Jota, you're missing McGregor, you're missing um, uh, Starfelt as well. The Shakhtar game, we weren't too far away. That that Kyogo chance um, goes on and and Mudrick's not going to be there next year um, at, at Shakhtar. He's a quality player. He'll just be with us. Just that one chance. And it, I mean, in that Shakhtar game, there were 282 final third passes more than double, just nearly more than double um, we had against Leipzig. Um, 45% possession was in that final third. Um, so you can, you can understand Fiangi's point of view. He's got Abado on the pitch. He's got Kyogo on the pitch. He's got Jack and Marcus. He's trying to get goals there. He's trying to think yeah. right, how do we get goals. The only thing I would, I'd, I'd probably preferred Forrest than Abada when you're playing against um, tight defences who are, Shakhtar were really organised defensively. They're really they organised. They've, they've got a great shape about them. Um, and I would have maybe just preferred Forrest um, there um, and uh, just to, to, to create. And, and maybe maybe O'Reilly in that, that number 10 may Abogad further back. That, that's what I would have preferred. But with Jota out, it's, just, it's, it's, a, it's a massive ask. <laughs> And we were yeah. a bit unlucky, a bit unlucky with Shakhtar, just a little bit because we've got that win. Yeah. I think as well what you're saying, the, the areas of concern for me are the top end of the pitch. That That's where it is, more or less, in terms of finishing off them chances. And Monty has a question for you, Tony. Again, this is on the spot, so if you don't have it, don't worry about it. Tony, what's the stats on us giving away the ball in the Champions League? That is our biggest concern for me. Wasted possession, which again, I agree with. We do give it away a lot. 
Um, I don't. I can. I'll try and find out. But I. I'm not. No, I don't think my gut. My gut feeling would be. I don't think. But I don't think it would be as as um as bad as you think. Um, past percentage. It's one. Past it's percentage. One level, so, so past percentage. Um. For the group stages, we were ninth out of thirty-two at eighty-six point four percent. So ninth out of thirty-two. So uh, not that bad. Um, eighty-six percent. Yeah, it's not bad. And Stuart, I was saying there as well. The areas at the top end of the pitch. Burn Warrior has asked this question before. I'm sure in another podcast, but I'll take it for here because it's a good one. It generates a good debate. Do you think Stuart Kogel was done enough in Europe to justify selections for a World Cup? Obviously, he wasn't selected. Either was Atate, which was surprising for me. That That's baffling. But on Kyogo himself, um, Stuart, European football for me didn't quite live up to it, in my opinion. Yeah, maybe uh, if he did, you know, a couple of those ones go in, he, he maybe does make the squad. I've seen a few people uh, that know more about the kind of Japanese national team say that he's maybe not as suited to their style of play. They don't play anything like an Ange Celtic team would play. It's a bit more kind of slower pace and a bit more that he's maybe just not, um, you know, suited to their style of play. So, yeah, I don't... It's, it's hard to tell because they're on the other side of the world and, you know, they have, they all have their eyes on players all over Europe that we're only seeing the one player that we think is... Hattati seems to be the strangest one of all because, yeah. you know, he did perform pretty well on the European stage um, and he could have... Uh, I'm surprised at that. Interesting, Maeda is the one out of all of them that goes because he offers maybe something off the ball defensively that is a use to them um, that we see at Celtic as well. So, yeah, I think he's always been a kind of volume. He needs a lot of chances to score, even domestically, he'll go. So, obviously, you go at European level, you've got less chances, you've got to take them, and he's maybe just not... He's just. Whether it would have made a difference to the World Cup, I have no idea. To his selection for the World Cup, I have no idea. But, um, yeah, surprising for us, obviously, because we see them every week and how good they are. That It's only Maeda that, that, that's the one that's going. And Maeda's probably the one who came in for the most criticism this season, which is even more baffling on that kind of stage. And just to address the comments, I know there's someone in causing a bit of havoc, but unfortunately, I don't, I'm not quite sure on how to block this person, but enjoy it. <laughs> We're seven points clear. It's a great Sunday. Just enjoy us speaking and fire your questions to us. We don't need to pay attention to people like that. But to come back at you, Tony, one thing I'm interested in, and again, I'm going off the cuff here, I do apologise that, but Rio Atate, I thought he was excellent, even against Madrid. And, and I know we got pumped in the Bernabeu, but he, for me, he took the ball in situations where you probably, me personally, I, I would absolutely crap myself. He was taking on players, dropping the shoulder. Stuart, stop laughing, I'm being serious. Dropping the shoulder, he was away. He was whip, he was whipping balls in left, right, and centre. He was getting involved in left and the right hand side of play. What does what does it kind of say for him as a, as a shining light? Does the numbers show the same for Hatate? Hatate is a, a difficult one to show the numbers because it's like what do, what do you look for? Is there's not there's not a lot in creativity or shots and things like that. And passing percentage. If you go back to to the question about passing percentage, actually Hatate is good because. You don't want someone just ninety-eight percent passing. You actually need to take some risks. Do you know what I mean? So sometimes being being um, uh, too cautious uh, is not there. I, I I put a tweet out last oh, March or something like that when Hatati wasn't playing well and people were 
we're giving him a bit of hard time. And I put in, I, I tweet out, Hattati will be player of the year next year. So I'm going to retweet that at the end of this season. Because um, I, I, I think the guy's class. I think, and I, I, I don't think he's, based on his ability, I don't think he's had a 10 out of 10 game yet. I, don't, I, I, think, I think he's 7 or 8 out of 10 each week um, to his own ability. He's got everything. He's got pace. He's got ability. He's got vision. He's got temperament. He's calmness. Everything. He's got everything. The only thing that he's missing is just consistency. Just playing that full game at his best level, and when he gets that, um, he going different class. But yeah, against Real Madrid, he looked calm, um, looked to play well, and uh, the guy's just a class player, just a class player. But I think when you look at stats and something looked before when we were talking about Moy um, and things like that. Oh, Moy. <laughs> no, when we're talking about Moy and Moy a hard time, Moy had had no minutes beside Hatate, and Hatate. Yeah. Hatati makes other players better. So when Hatati's playing in the team, um, you can see other players' stats going up. Um, and he definitely makes... He, he, he's, he's always available for a pass as well. Um, so, no, Hatati's... Um, he's, he's the one player that you should, there's no ceiling for him. You look at like, no. um, where he potentially could be. Because there's, there's nothing in his game where you look at some like Matt O'Reilly or, or, or Kyogo or different people, there's, there's maybe something missing. The only thing missing for Hattati is consistency. He's got everything else. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. We spoke about it on Friday, sir, when I was on with William on our usual podcast. And we were saying, obviously, this ruthless aggression in the transfer market, talking about fees and stuff like that. Again, in my opinion, I think Hattati could possibly break our transfer record. I really rate him that highly. I know sometimes he can be a bit frustrating when he tries to use his body all the time and sometimes gets out muscled and things like that. But he comes back time and time again. He never hides from the ball. And it's a strange one for me because you're 100% right in what you say, Tony, in terms of signing. We looked at Kyogo and we thought, wow. We looked at Mieda parts and we thought, this guy, he, he's quick and he can score goals. And then Hatate has been kind of bubbling under the surface. Now for me, he's, he's far, well, he's the best Japanese player we have and possibly the best player in our, in our squad this season. What's your opinion on him? Yeah, just to give you guys just exactly what you said, he's He's probably he probably does have the highest ceiling in terms of maybe biggest value, highest value. I think maybe Jota would go for more potentially, just given the type of player he is. Um, the fact he's been at, he's already been at a kind of he's been at, he's come through at a big club. Maybe that will be more trusted by teams around Europe. Um, yeah, just um, just has been. Europe-wise, really good as well. Just and like you said in the stats, it's hard to, you know, because you look at pass completion and stuff like that. Like Tony saying, it's right to point out that you know he'll he'll have lower because he's he's the one that'll take the take the risk in his passing, um, and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, just again, as much as much as I said, I don't know anything about Japan's national team or how they play. Amazed that a player like that, who was showing real kind of top level ability at Champions League level, just the last few weeks, didn't even get a look. And I don't yeah. think he was even in the kind of the provisional squad at all. No. So, bit of a strange one. But I think we we'll probably look at it the positive, same with Kyogo as well, that the guys will get a bit more rest before second half of the season. So, we'll be selfish about it and look at it that way. We'll take it. We'll definitely take that one, Stuart. And there's been a few. Um... Comments, Tony. Frank Brennan and Brown Warrior have mentioned that Tate reminds them of uh, Oliver Inchel. 
obviously, me personally, when he first came to Celtic and he was starting games, yeah, I did think he was absolutely class. But then you see this real character come through very quickly, in my opinion, in terms of kind of puffing off the ball or not kind of giving his best. And I know he's been fits and starts. He's been all right in the English Championship. But can can you see that comparison between him and Intel? No, not at all. Um, and and Cham and Cham's uh, biggest weakness was his attitude, and Hatati's got a tremendous attitude. You can see it. You can see it. Um, um, and he's saying he's, he treats the ball like a hot dog. <laughs> he's um, somebody's definitely the wind up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is in this podcast. You know, like, I think real, real, real hot tatty is different. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't see the comparisons with uh, in Sam at all. I thought, as I said, there he showed his true colours very quickly when he wasn't getting picked. Or he was coming on as a sub, and he doesn't have no great interest. Yeah, he was brilliant for us in the cases. Lazio, for example, scoring that goal. Some uh, Glasgow derby games, he showed up really well. So. It's it's one of these things, and Brown Warrior, Intan disappeared in games when he was man marked. One game, one good game of five. Yeah, I agree. But you also said that when Hatate is man marked, he's not the same. I disagree. I think Hatate is really intelligent. That's when he can use both feet, get away from a player, and play that uh, forward thinking pass, which is quite good from him. And just to come back to you, Tony Guy Melrose has come in, and we we're going to do this, but we'll do it now. Can we give some love to Greg Taylor, lads? He's been absolutely phenomenal this season, continuing on from last season. Now, Tony, I know you looked into it. Not yeah, quite looking like that, but he has been excellent. Yeah, it's hard to, look, again, look at the stats because Taylor makes other players play better as well. He's, he's, he's he, the, the best The best thing about Taylor, um, well, the best things is about his, his attitude. Um, uh, Taylor's attitude is a different class because you can just see him improving all the time. But the other thing for Taylor is his positioning. Where where he where he positions himself in the team, um, he, he he's just constantly thinking about where he should be, and he's always in the right position. He's he's dragging players away. He's coming inside to leave space wide, or he's coming wide. Um, so they're not necessarily stats to, to sort of back that up. When we're talking about pressures earlier on, um, so looking at the defenders, Taylor was averaging twelve pressures a game in the Champions League games. And the next bit is the defender was Juranovic with eight. So quite a bit of difference there. And Taylor was the most with three successful ones as well. So you look at that. And then the, um, uh, that last game, the, the Shakhtar game, you had 10 out of 13 duels, 16, six recovers, recoveries, and, um, <laughs> and 90, 90%, um, 90% uh, passing as well. So um, no, Taylor's, um, Taylor's been out. He's arguably... Um, player of the year at the moment. One of the play- one of the shouts for player of the year at the moment. Yeah, I agree. And I, I know Burnaby came in sure, for a few games, and he obviously started yesterday's games and things like that. He's getting his chance, but for me, it's it's Greg Taylor making me self conscious now about my goatee. I thought it looked alright. I, I um for me, it's a uh, Greg Taylor all the way. I think he used to be one of them guys I didn't really take to. I was a bit ignorant of him. I think we could do better. Obviously, within the price range now, probably. Take a wee while, probably do better Greg Taylor. He's bought in the mm. post the from day one. Probably forced to because either he was out the door, to be honest, and he had to, to, show, to show the graph to show he's up for improvement. And not only has he improved the state of play for me, he's a leader within that team, which is quite surprising, really. Yeah, I think that's probably one thing that's 
coming. It's not on the stats, but it's that leadership. But you know, he's, he's come up at big moments. Tyne Castle scored a levy yesterday. He's the one that switched on with a short free kick. Um, Dundee United. Um, when um, he was he's not doing the team talking huddle and stuff like that. So that, yeah. that's the kind of thing that were that the fans are seeing more of with Taylor. Um, I think like to, the numbers probably aren't too much. It's maybe. Uh, with Taylor, he's he's totally suited to to that role. You know, he was never a fullback that 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 got to the byline. That to, uh, he was always that was always one thing people would batter him for. That he wouldn't, you know, take a man on one v one. Doesn't have to do that in that system. It suits his play because he's he can, you know, his passing is one of his main attributes. He used to be a midfielder, I think, when he was a younger player. So, and he's got that energy because it's a playing the fullback in that system demands a lot physically. He's got that stamina. He's got the he's, he's robust. So. Yeah, I think I think that the the left back position is probably perfect. What you want, you've got a, somebody a, a bit more experienced, although he's still young himself. <laughs> um, you've got a consistent performer there, somebody you can rely on, somebody that's a leader. But you've also got a younger, talented, maybe can offer some a bit different. He's got that pace. He's a bit more kind of attacking minded, but you're going to get up and down with him because he's so mm-hmm. young. He's come from Argentina. He's going to take a while to get used to things but yeah I think left backs were, were really well served there and yeah like I said I think him and I think he'll challenge you Tony for your attack shout for player of the year just now anyway yeah nice he, he has been fantastic coming back to you Tony you said we're well stacked Stuart Stephen Ray has a different opinion here Taylor has undoubtedly improved and is having a great season however I believe left back is a position that's been upgraded and I don't think he's been great at Champions League level what do you think about that one Tony because again we, we speak about, me and Stuart did literally a couple of months ago about players and upgrading positions. Me personally, I would have thought left back would have been on that list, but I have to say I've changed my mind a bit. I think Greg Taylor is learning from his performances here, from what I can see. He did get took for pace in Leipzig, but that didn't happen in the, the, the home return game. Um, against Shakhtar, I thought he was solid, and obviously Madrid's a different cat of fish, but do, do you think there, he could be the first choice going forward, or do you think that's a position? If we get someone better, we take that opportunity. Yeah, I think so. Taylor's been great, and he's also been great in the Champions League as well. But it's going to be harder for him to maintain that or, or get that that bit better in the Champions League, just because of his ceiling. Because he's never going to get faster, he's never going to get taller. Um, he, he will improve his, his his sort of confidence on the ball or tackling, etc. But he is probably limited on in some of his capabilities. Whereas Bernabe, I think, probably more attributes. Um, he's a bit raw. But he's got he's got better speed, better um, uh, physicality. So Bernabe could could be somebody who progresses to be that player that could be better. I mean, he's maybe got a higher ceiling than Taylor at the moment. Taylor's far far ahead of him. And, um, but yeah, I think left back is something that 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 in the future we might need better for the Champions League level. But there's other positions before that at the moment. I think. Yeah. Totally and, agree. And That's a quick. I wouldn't have said that at the start of the season, even though Taylor had impressed me last year. At the start of the season, I would have said Taylor's not going to be good enough for Champions League. So, um, so I think Taylor, Taylor to do that, what he's done this year to say, well, actually, it's not the first priority. Um, is credit to Taylor. Hundred percent, I totally agree with that. And quick Friday as poster, certainly you. Overall feeling of the Champions League campaign as a whole. Learning curve. Oh, don't. 
That's a cop out. That's a cop out. What are you feeling in here? That come on, let me hear it. I, I genuinely like. I, yeah, when you seen that group, you went right. We've got a chance. You know, third. Yeah, it's di- disappointing. Ultimate, overall, it's disappointing because at least we should have got closer to that to get into that third spot. And we weren't a million miles away from it, but yeah, disappointing. Also, Lennon Carl. And that's the end of the show. Always I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad. Of... Last time I <laughs> the Champions League this season. <laughs> it's as you said, a learning curve. So we're all learning about it. What about yourself, Tony? What are you thinking? So yeah, so you've got some fans that say uh, it's not good enough, and um, it's the worst worst thing in the world. And you've got other fans who are saying, um, "Well, you can't expect us to go in." I'm a bit in the middle. I think. Um, it depends what, what, what way you go. If you back Ange, um, and everybody said at the start of the season, Ange is not going to change his weight. He's going to play the same way in the Champions League, and we're going to um, we're going to struggle to do that straight away. That uh, everybody predicted that at the start of the season, and then when that comes true, Ange did play the same way. He never changed, and we did struggle doing that. Everybody's now up in arms. So for me. Um, you either you either stick by your principles and say I'm back in Ange and I'm, I'm happy to do that, um, or or you say no. I I would I, I would um, I would like to have seen a bit more tweaks. Um, I think yeah. uh, I I think Ange is new to Champions League um, and he underperformed basically. He underperformed this year. Um, um, do we let him away with that underperformance based on everything he's done? Yeah, there's reasons that you can you can take on board there. Um, there's been a bit of naivety with the pressing. With it, I definitely think for the defensive midfielder point of view, because if take away the Abogard argument, if Abogard's out, I would have still and you're going to shoot me for this, Stephen. But I'd have still played um, say somebody like McCarthy or something. I'd have played oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'd have, <laughs> I think you've got to play a defensive midfielder in, in, in Europe. You've got to play somebody that knows the role. Um, um, you've got to play somebody that knows the role in that position. You, you can't take a risk with, with O'Reilly there. It's just about organising it, the whole team, organising that team. So for me, that, the press and things like that, um, Abada and Maeda playing against Leipzig, two players who um, I'm not. you need a more creative player. If you're going to play one of them, you need another one creative. So little bits like that. Um, I think um, uh, Ange will will um, will learn from, but uh, you, you've got to, you've got to say it, it wasn't good enough. And um, uh, I think I think you've got to be more pragmatic. I don't I don't even go to the Bernabeu against Real Madrid. I don't think you're good. I know, but I you see you go to, you go to the Bernabeu and, and you play Real Madrid and you don't play with a defensive midfielder. You know what I mean? I'm not saying we, I'm not saying that we should um, play uh, park the bus stuff. I'm still I'm saying we should play the same style um, and 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 the same tactics. I'm just thinking the player selection. You just need to be a bit more um, a bit more respected opposition. I would say at that yeah. level. See, to be fair, I think the exact same with you. But I thought there should be more a bit a caught well, not cautious, but. Kind of having that security blanket with the back four, no really can do it. But if you bring an elbow guard beside him and play a Tate in the ten, you could yeah. do something like that. Obviously with a Forest or a Bado on the right and Jada with you was hit the left and Mera. 
it, it, it is possible to do, and that's why I'm thinking next season. I'm a wee bit worried about next season, if I'm honest with you, because I don't like the fact that everyone's saying we're going to improve, but people are feeling to realise again that the teams who are around us, they're going to improve again. So is this going to be the same argument going forward? We'll, we'll obviously come, come across that next season. I think we're pretty well-versed in the Champions League talk. I know Stuart wants to move on, so we will we will park the Champions League back here, but in the back of me here, and we'll go on to the, the next league game after that. Obviously, Stuart, the European campaign, campaign wasn't a success. Picking ourselves up for a trip to the Tony Macaroni Plastic Freezy Arena. I was a bit of a curse previously, let's be fair. A couple of results and they kind of didn't go our way. Just to, to kind of talk about the stats and overall what I do, the, the bur the bur our stats, as I like to call them. Four shots for Levy, 17 for us, two on target for them, six for us with 76% possession, 645 passes, 87% accuracy, 15 fouls, three yellow cars, two offsides, four corners. And the lineup that day was, let me have it, get it up, Joe Hart, Ralston, Vickers, Jens, Taylor, Moy, your favourite player, O'Reilly, Hatate, Haxapanovic, Furuhashi, and James Forrest. The end of the game, obviously, Stuart, as I said, picking ourselves up. Tough arena. But previous times, yeah. anyway, under different managers. One thing that Anz has definitely done for me, he's changed the mindset of the players and not make that an excuse. And I thought we steamrolled them. I really did. I thought we played really, really well. What did the numbers say for that? Yeah, yeah, they really backed up. I think, Tony, you had in, in your piece, that was the, this was the lowest open play XG conceded this season, 0.03. They had what I would think it was Obelai in the 86th minute. So everyone else came from set plays. They had, I think they had the chance from was it uh, Nubley, the free kick in the first half was 0.16 XG. That was our best chance. So, yeah, I think the, the stat, what Statsbomb do, when you look at their reports, that they do kind of take the XG and give it a win percentage or draw percentage and the win percentage for the other team. Celtic win was 97%. Draw was uh, draw was 3%. Levy win was 0%. That's just absolute domination, like complete and utter domination. Um in terms of from Celtic side, it was probably roughly average XG two point four seven. That's just slightly below the league average, which would think is two point five two. Um, yeah, just uh, shots again. You said seventeen. I think eighteen point six is average. So yeah, I think you say I, I wrote that down. It was um, one win at Levy since uh, they returned to the top flight in twenty eighteen before the game last season. So that's now twice in a row, I've won their three now comfortably. I think that probably tells you a lot of where how far Celtic have come. That that was a place that was always a was always a, a worry when you see it on the fixture list, but not now. Not that we've got you know a system in place that just we can just roll into the kind of places now and just you know I think key key was the time of the goals they score so early, mm-hmm. but Livy can't change anything. Because it's so early in the game, they can't come out because, you know, they just get done in behind. Um, and then early in the second half as well. And, yeah, just the, the exact kind of way performance you want after Europe, just controlled, no no worries, just dealt with everything. Um, yeah. 100%. So, and see as well, see as well, the, the way you're saying, obviously, what two wins now since I've returned to the top flight. It was only one before that. That, for me, is interesting, Tony. And I think Stuart makes a great point. We get them goals early. Livingston have really no plan B to, to, to attack us or defend against us. Either one to do, we're going to break them down, especially if they do the attacking side of things so they took the lead so early. 
Do you think that's the, the hoodoo lifted and all that talk? And obviously the plastic pits comes into arguments and I really don't like them. The Eredivisie has announced they're going to be banning all plastic use of 3G from 2025 onwards for the professional game in, in Scotland anyway to have a better aesthetic look to the, to the eye to the TV cameras. Get rid of these bowling greens. They're absolutely terrible. I know maybe the likes of Haxel Banovich, Starfelt, players who've played in that kind of environment before are all right with it, but we've seen Vickers didn't go to Madrid because he pulled up from it. It's an injury hazard, and it, for me, it doesn't look right for the, the Scotties game. Yeah, no, it's it's um, not not enjoyable, and um, I think I think they're going to phase it out anyway. Isn't it? I think there's long term plans to to phase it out. Um, I think for the Livingston game, it was probably up there be one of our, our cleverer performances of the season. Um, the the XG not through a, like chance creation, so surprisingly, um, it, it was a lowest XG in the first half of any game this season. So. Um, and and if you look at our XG, which is two point four seven, it was still well under one to about eighty minutes. So if you looked at that, you would think Celtic have not performed that well. Rock created a lot of chances, but as Stuart mentioned, there we restricted Livingston to not point zero point not three um, from open play, and um, we had three hundred eleven passes in the final third, which was the most we've done against any team, um, and the. The PPDA passes per defensive action was 5.3, which is our third lowest. So we went to Livingston. We've, we've not let them pass it around. We've been all we've, we've been all over them. We've kept it in their final third. We've not created that many chances until the 80th minute, but we've just been in control of the game. And it's just been a case of we've controlled that game calmly um, and cleverly. And then we've, we've they've opened up a little bit later on, um, and we've got a little bit more um, chances. And uh, the XG's finished off at two point four seven. But as I say, it was under one to about eighty minutes. Um, but it just uh, it, if you just look at the stats and take that step back, it, it looks like it was clever, just sort of patient, clever and patient. I think, but hemmed into Livingston's back. Um, uh, <laughs> it's it's a uh, it's having Livingston him back and almost sort of doing doing a, a Livingston on on Livingston. Do you know what I mean? Just sort of just hounding them um, and just make, making them not play and just really controlling that game, but in their part of the pitch and just just um, uh, yeah, it was an interesting one looking at the stats because I was at the game myself and then at the time I was a bit like XG. I had to look at the stats at half time and before and like XG at half time was I'm like that's really low. It's really low. Um, and it just it just seemed um, uh, it was quite weird that we weren't creating chances, but we were, we just looked control and control of the game. Yeah, I think the clever the clever kind of thing here is coming through. I think Gary Melrose is with you, Tony. But I'm going to throw this one to you, Stuart. It was interesting watching the wide players against Livy. They really went <coughs> to the byline and crossed it in. Obviously, an instruction after watching Rangers uh, play the Livy strength. Do you think that was uh, one of the things that you seen, or was that just? part of our game plan as a holder? Um, in terms of numbers, I'm not too sure. We definitely didn't have as many crosses as Rangers did against Livingston. Um, wanted to go kind of through the middle a lot. So, yeah, that's just showing that we can... Um, that That's the way we want to play anyway. And like, like Tony said, yeah, just a, a really clever kind of, you know, 
we've found we found a way to to break break down probably the most tricky domestic opponent potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, in terms of crosses, I'm not 100 percent sure. But we we definitely that kind of suits us. We want to you know our fullbacks are going to come in and play through them. Um, yeah, just I think we'll just start start talking about Moy now, will I? <laughs> <laughs> I was going. I no, was no, going to bring I'm into it. Always, I was going to yeah, bring into I'm, it, but you can you can do it because no, no, you know I what? I don't even want had, to say the words. He had the <laughs> he had the most key passes in the Livingston game. He had three key passes. He didn't generate the highest xG from those passes. Turnbull had two. He had two key passes, but generated more because obviously his cross for for Jota's goal. But yeah, three key passes, and yeah, I think he he was kind of key and kind of were kind of overloading. I think he was kind of going over more to the left for a member, um, overloading to kind of move Livingston about and kind of touch there a couple of times. He was just playing it off one one touch. It didn't always work, but yeah, I'll I'll, I'll save the rest of the Moy chat just now. <laughs> well, do you know what? There's there's no better time for you to do, Stuart. Let's talk about let's talk about Armoy. You're not getting the break here, right? I will give no, you right, my okay. bit on him. I, I'll give you my bit on him. <laughs> yeah, sit back, strap yourself in. It's gonna be a tough one. No way joking. I I just think Moy for me, I've said it loads of times, it's like a broken down record. In games where it opens up, you see the best of Moy. But in games where you have to dig in, he's getting pressed, you don't see the best of me. He's very slow, he's very laboured, he can't turn. And I said it before, he runs like he's on only going to say RoboCup. He, he, he doesn't look like the player that was at Huddersfield. He doesn't look like the player that was playing over in China just last year. That's my opinion. And people are obviously fed up with me saying it, but I'm not going to change that. And I know you're going to throw some shiny numbers no, at me I, here. So fair, fair in. Let's, no, let's have it. I, I agree with that. I agree with all of that. You know, he's, he's and especially for European level, if we are going to, you know, He's not suited. He's absolutely not suited. He's he's not got the at thirty two. He's not got the physical kind of even even maybe at his best he wouldn't have been been suited. Um, but some and again this is he's only playing his five hundred odd minutes he's played so far. And Tony's making the point that some you know, and stuff he hadn't played with Hatati. He's now played with Hatati a lot more. He's now played with O'Reilly a lot more. And he, some of the stats are showing that you know. Certainly, domestically, he's more than fine. So, just a couple of quick ones. So, I just looked at this is just uh, central defensive midfielders and centre mids that have played a minimum of 400 minutes in the Premiership this season. Second for second highest expected assists, 0.24. I think he's got three assists. Um, fifth highest expected goals, 0.19. Um, passing again. So, yeah, when he's pressed, even domestically, that's a bit of an issue. But if Celtic players do get time on the ball if you can get them into the mm-hmm. right areas you can get him with a bit of time on the ball, the stats are showing that he can be really effective, he's the most progressive passes in that data set, 10.67 second for through ball second for key passes second for progressive runs as well 1, 1.78 um, and just in terms of we're talking about ball security and that kind of thing dispossessed and stuff, he's got the lowest turnovers of the Four, or would I look at Luke McGregor, O'Reilly, Hatati, and Turnbull? This is stats bomb data, so different to the the wise type stuff. He's the lowest. There's one point two eight turnovers per ninety. That's the lowest. So you can make an argument, a caveat that it's a really small uh, sample size of data, but the most kind of secure in possession of all those Celtic midfielders. So I, I I agree with Ryan. And at thirty two, I think 
it really is a stopgap signing. And like we we came back to the, um, we, we started talking about how that midfield's going to look next season. Um, he's certainly not the long term answer. I absolutely agree with that and agree with issues. But interesting that domestically, uh, he's really good. He would have been a great player to have three or four years ago. He'd been brilliant. But yeah. just now, yeah. he's, he's still got something to offer. And I think the loss in terms of Beaton, Rogic, other than other than McGregor and McCarthy, who doesn't really play, there's no experience in that midfield. It's a really young midfield. He ov- and just obviously felt he needed a bit more experience in there. Somebody who he knew and trusted to. He, he didn't have a pre-season as well. He's still getting up to speed. He said that the other week when they were talking about him. So maybe, you know, he's got the World Cup as well. Maybe that'll give him a bit of re-energise him as well. And he, he could still play a big part towards the towards the end of the season. But yeah, that's my Moy. I'm sure he's... Uh, my he's Moy, my case for Moy. I'm sure he's one of them players that that old cliche, good in and around the place. He smiles a lot and makes jokes. I, I don't know, whatever, whatever he does in and around the place, Tony. I might be a bit naive here because them stats, I have to say, Stuart, by the way, pretty impressive there, buddy. I mean... Come, coming in second place in some things, first place for others, tur- lowest turnover, and, and that kind of stuff. That is impressive. But the eye test Gary Melrose spoke about, I don't know what he's saying because that them stats for me don't match the eye test because when it, my eyes tell me he's shite, if I put it plain and simple. <laughs> so I mean, so what, what do you think, Tony? I know, I know you've mentioned it before. I'm having you at a back and forth about it, but you do like him, I think, don't you? <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily say a, a, a massive fan, but what I did just sort of wanted to point out right back at the early days of the St. Mun game um, was that it was the chances he was getting. So he was getting out and coming into the team alongside Turnbull, and Turnbull's not fast as well. So I think you look at the stats that Stuart talked about there, and he's had more minutes, so they're going to be heavily weighted when he's got full games alongside Hatati and O'Reilly. So he's in that 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 dynamic in midfield there that he's it's best suited for him. And we've found something that suits Moy in the fact that O'Reilly's playing that defensive role, Hatati's doing the running, and then Hatati's doing the pressing. And then we're looking at out of the three, the person to control the game and pass it about is is Moy. And in that situation, I think he's done well, and he um, he'll do better as well. Um, I, I think you you start to see him. But seeing my battery's running out, and my, 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 my I thought Moy was behind you. I thought Moy was breaking <laughs> in. <laughs> but, um, I'll just I, my daughter's my daughter's twelve, and uh, her and my my middle kid's seventeen, and we, we were um, we were watching the Hearts game in the house, and um, um, they, my kids they were saying, "How slow is Moy, Dad? How slow is Moy?" So. Um, um, so, yeah, I, I think in that dynamic with Hatati on O'Reilly, I think he'll get even better. I think he's I think he's looking a bit... You can see his face when he missed like a couple of chances. I think he's lacking a bit of confidence as well. When he when he scores and when he starts doing it, I think he'll start to kick on and be even better than he is just now. That, so that's, the, that's the, the, the good news. That's the upside. The downside is if you put, say, Abogard in, who's a little bit slower, or if you play Turnbull, um, or you change that dynamic... I'm not convinced Moy's going to keep to what he's doing just now. So, so on the good side, he's going to get better. But the downside is you, you can't shuffle that team a bit. Um, you've got to sort of 
you've got to protect him with a Hatati and a Riley, and that's not great when you've got to you've got to think about who you're playing alongside. So a bit middle middle yeah. third. I mean, see to be first, or I might go Ross here, hundred percent right in that one. But see, see, see to be fair, I got, I'm coming to you here with a, a two prong question, right? I get a lot of grief for saying there's players in the SPFL. I like, um, the Gibson King has named one of them. Uh, Dylan Levitt plays for Dundee United. I like Cammy Devlin. I think he's an absolute terrier. He may not be the best in the eye, but he gets in and about you. And he tortured Moy at Tynecastle. Let's be honest. His fellow um, Aussie partner, but if you, I mean, could any of them players make a case to come, come into Celtic in, in that type of in that type of role, a bit bar player like Moy, or is Moy just the best option or best going forward that we have? Like I say, it's just convenient. I think in terms of he was looking to get out of China. I think we needed a more experienced midfielder in there. I I, I like both. You said them um, Levitt. I really like Levitt. I don't know how how you would fit in because he's not definitely not. It'd be more of a McGregor kind of deep line playmaker than a mm. defensive midfielder. I don't know how, or I don't know how, I don't think see him play too far forward either. He's either played in a, a two or a, a one at the kind of base of midfield. Um, I like Devlin as well. I think he's a bit kind of, can be a bit kind of rash at times. A bit, you know, he had that red card against Rangers and he can, but I think he's got, a, I, I don't know if he's got enough quality on the ball either. Um, he's maybe all right for doing that, but off the ball. But um, yeah, I think that I think there is options. We've still, I think we had quite a bit of interest in Connor Barn as well over the summer. I think that's what Michael's talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I, I, he's only just come back in the team because he's injured. Not seen any of him this season, but I, what, bits I did see last season, he's maybe one that because he can do a bit, of, he can get about the pitch, and he's got a bit of that quality on the ball. He's maybe got the the, the mix that they're looking for and. I think the I think they maybe will see looking at players from Scotland in terms of the kind of eligibility for champ for European football and stuff because we are quite there's not a huge amount of players coming through from the academy. There's not a huge amount of mm. like um, domestically trained players in that squad just now. Maybe why guys like maybe Rail Welsh hasn't been moved on. So um, who is the Egyptian king? Egyptian King is a guy who's a Liverpool fan but a Celtic fan. They talk sense. I like him. Right, okay. I, th- I think like the, the argument, I mean, Gary Melrose is gay and Tony here. I'll throw you in this one. Too many fans would rather see a Serbian. He's just plucked the nationality of the sky here. Prospect rather than a proven SPFL player. Do you think that's probably ignorance towards uh, players in our league? Because I, I find there's a lot of it. And I think the likes of Dylan Levitt, the likes of Cammy Davlin, Connor Barron, the, the young prospects coming through. Could, I mean, we're quick to forget John McGinn. We missed out on him. Stephen Fletcher, all them types of players. So we've missed out on a few gems. Why not try with uh, these players up and coming? Yeah, I think so. And I think with, with Ange, the, the, we've got a, the system's more important than the, the, the player. So if you... It's never been a better time to bring in a young Scottish player because they can fit into that system. Do you know what I mean? And, and develop as well. Um, so I... I can't see why Dylan Levitt couldn't come in and play that that holding role of McGregor because we, we, we need to, you need to think about who's going to replace McGregor when he gets older and things like that, or give him a exactly. bit of rest as well. And we've, we've talked about it um, earlier about why Albergard never played and things like that. So the primary role of, of the number six in Angie's team is um, a, being able to 
put your foot on the ball, pass the ball, um, carry the ball, progress the team up. And I think Levitt could Levitt looks like he's got the capability to do that. And, and then if he plays alongside better players, because um, if you look, if you looked at um, um, the Scottish football, you see oh, there's a, a right back on loan at St Johnston called Anthony Ralston, and there's a left back uh, at Kilmarnock called Greg Taylor. <laughs> Would you sign these two players? Do you know what I mean? So and they're yeah. and we're, we're happy enough with them. So. Um, I, I think it is. It's a market that we should get back into. I know what Pastor Cogley has his options, and he's well versed in scouting European markets, Japan, Asia, Iran, wherever it may be. So any players you bring in, I'll fully back him. But I do think sometimes we miss out in wee gems that are floating about the, the Scottish Premier League. But kind of finishing off transfer news coming away from the hoodoo at Livingston that's been put to bed. Stuart, you've done a wee piece on our. Hopefully, new signing. Looks like Fasel Kobe confirmed he is leaving. Obviously, no club has uh, said or confirmed who he's going to. But what, what do we know about Kobe Asi, the centre-back? Um, yeah, that looks like we're on the ball, like he said, and that we were going to be on the front foot and there will be a lot of turnover. So this looks like the kind of first sign of it. So 22-year-old left-footed centre-back. Looks like it's on a free as well, so pretty low risk from a market that we've done quite well from recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, quite young. Um, like I was saying, we were chatting just before, like Sakyogo and Hitati went through the kind of university path at, um, in Japan, so they were a bit older when they, you know, I think Hitati's, he's 20, whatever he is, he's, he's only in his like third or fourth professional year of playing football, yeah. whereas um, Kobayashi's played since he was about 18. He had a loan spell with Yokohama. He had a loan spell with our team before that. He had loan spell with Yokohama three years ago kind of broke into the team the year before and in this season um, he's played pretty much every minute but um, yeah just um, quite an interesting one in terms of the fact that he's left footed that would bring some different all centre back options just now are right footed <coughs> um, and yeah just I think I think it'll be the fact he's a wee bit younger, the fact that it's a defender, it's been all midfielders and attackers brought in from Japan, he maybe needs a wee bit of time to readjust, but I think the positive would be that his aerial win rate um, is one of the best in the J-League for a centre-back, 66.67%. It's broadly comparable with Celtic and Scottish Premiership, mm-hmm. probably a bit higher actually, so if there's a bit of drop-off there in terms of takes to adjust, he should be fine uh, defensively. Um and yeah, passing, not huge. Oh, Vassell Kobe, um, I do have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, sorry, Vassell Kobe had a pretty disappointing campaign. They finished 13th, so well, they're usually one of the ones at the top. So his numbers aren't hugely, um, don't stand out right away. The aerial duel stands out, which is a positive. <laughs> um in terms of progressive passes, four passes, his volume doesn't stand out, but he's above average for his um, accuracy in these passes. So if you scale him up in a Celtic team that dominates the ball, if you sell Kobe, dominate the ball, but not to the to the extent that Celtic do, you pro- that would probably, you know, that would fit in quite well with Celtic as well. Like just the, the left-footed uh, aspect is, is big because that's kind of sought-after profile. Um you know, it's, it's quite rare. They're, they're not slightly rarer. So, and he's got kind of attributes in terms of being able to switch the ball from left to right. Big switches of play, stepping in and playing. So, yeah, I don't know if he's. I think I had six one 
I'd seen in terms of his height. Somebody saying there about his height. So he's he's roughly the same height, slightly taller than Carter Vickers. He's maybe not as strong, but I think he would be, you know, if you you pair him with Carter Vickers in terms of he would be, you know, the one that would like Jens is doing just now, yeah. the one that would step out and be more progressive with the ball. Carter Vickers doing more of the kind of traditional defensive stuff. So yeah, just quite quite encouraging that he's that that we seem to be on the ball and the fact that it's a free seems pretty low risk and I suppose it, it, it throws up questions about the centre-back position going forward in terms of Welsh and whether whether do they make Jens a permanent sign-in um, but yeah, uh, encouraging in terms of that well, we're, we're only at the start of November it looks like we've got a first January sign-in pretty much in the bag already Yeah, 100% like ruthless aggression in the transfer market starting to come straight back to you Come on, big yourself up. You know you want to say it. You said it before to me. Off air. When did you first hear or, or do anything in Kobayashi? Let me hear it. I wasn't going to. I was going to. Uh, you're so doing Adon, it, I'm going to do it now. I'll do it now. You've, you've set it up for me. So I, I, done, um, the, I wrote for Total Football Analysis for a bit. It's an analytical web, analytics website. second piece I'd done was identifying a ball-playing um, centre-back in the J-League that would suit Celtic and he was one of the three that I picked out so Bingo. I, I made Twitter though if you go on my Twitter page you'll see that I was making sure everyone knew that last Sunday when I seen the links and I went oh that's it <laughs> and he got on here you have to take everyone know. Yeah, well, that's you, a victory uh, yeah definitely he didn't it was interesting he didn't like, I'd done it kind of scatters to start with and he didn't he wasn't like standing out in any like one specific kind of like attribute but when I looked at the like the, the the pizza chart things that I do that kind of shows all of their stats. Like when I done that, because he was he was above average for most stuff, but not like like say not a complete mm-hmm. not a standout. But then when you looked at the the whole, his whole picture, you're like ah, oh, he has got what you want because you you're looking at that those possession stats and all that kind of thing because that's what you're looking for ball playing. But you I was like adding into the piece that well he's going to come to have a physical league. You'll need to have at least decent, if not the best defensive stats if he's to you know transfer that into into Scottish football and he had the best kind of defensive stats so like I say Vassil Kobe had a kind of a rough campaign so his numbers weren't quite as good when I done the, the recent scout report on him for the Celtic way but yeah I think um I, I'll yeah thank, thanks for letting me letting me squeeze that one in there. Ah no problem. And Tony <laughs> come to yourself I mean again good sign we're getting business on early but is that does that spell the end for Welsh at Celtic? I would think so. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you look at Welsh and he, he's he's been he's okay. And there's, there's no massive flaws there, but um, has he got the potential to be better um, and get to that level of Champions League? And I, I don't see it. Do you know what I mean? I don't see it. Um, he, he's pretty solid, but. Um, I don't think he's got. I think he's at East Zealand, basically. Well, with us, he may get better at another team and a different style of team. Mm. Um, so I think um, uh, he'd probably go into Pastors New. Um, so yeah, no, I think it'd be. I was excited about Kobe Ashi, but I think that's just because my favourite film, The Usual Suspects. He was in that. I think that was. Um, so, so it might be a double signing, um, Kobe Ashi and Kaiser <laughs> Scozzi. You know what I mean? Um, but. Um, no, and like looking at players nowadays, it's 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 not the same as it was before when people were saying who's this Maravchek and um, yeah. all, all this 
kind of nonsense um, or saying this player's going to be great, etc. Just off, um, when, like I read Stuart's article, it was brilliant, and then um, you have a little bit of YouTube clips as well. So, but when you get the stats and the YouTube clips, and all YouTube clips can be um, sort of made up to, to, to flatter, to deceive, but when you put them alongside the stats that you've got, you do get a, a decent picture of people. And a lot of, we were talking about Abogard de Laron. Um, his profile, it looks exactly what his profile said. Um, so looking at the, um, the piece that Stuart done and, and other good ones on Twitter as well, um, it, it looks exciting. Do you know what I mean? And as Stuart said, that, that left-sided um, centre-back, um, it, just, it can take us to the next level. That's the, the thing as well. It's not just like signing a player um, who could maybe replace someone that's there or, or be better a little bit. It, it adds something different to the team. It takes the team up, not just that position. It takes the team up to a different level. So it it shows one thing, lads. We don't stand still, and we're preparing. We're going to be ruthless in the transfer market, and it's something I'm looking forward to. But in stop. terms of the podcast, we never stop. One hundred percent. I see Nigella's app is we quote on the wall at Sadley Park as well. The one we come back bigger, better, and stronger because we never stop. That's all. That's on the wall inside the the ground. So that's pretty decent. But in terms of in terms of the podcast, guys, that's what's funny. So have you enjoyed this one? Yeah, yeah, it's been great. Good stuff. Been a learning curve from it. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully we'll be back again in two weeks. Hopefully on a Thursday this time. I've had a lot of things to, to do, obviously, on Thursday afternoons. And I let these guys know in the morning and sometimes I don't like doing that. But we'll make do. We'll be back again with Stats Rough number five, two weeks' time. And until then, well, until tomorrow, actually, when a regular podcast is back, stay well and keep safe. Hill, hill.